open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement, broadcasting from the Classic City Brewfest in Athens, Georgia. And I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. Brian is also with us. Brian, how's it going today? I am doing well. How are you? Yay. Good, good, good. So on this episode of Beer Guys Radio, as Aaron mentioned, we are at the Classic City Brew Fest in Athens, Georgia, and we'll be talking with Athens' own Academia Brewing Company. Founders Morgan Wireman and Matt Casey are here with us today. And FYI, if you have entered the Sweetwater Woodland Circle giveaway, well, we're going to have that winner later on in the show. So uh, stay tuned and find out if you won. That's very exciting. Well, uh, so I think we are, we're all winners this week, uh, Tim. We're always winners. That's true. You all know? the time. All the all time. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. You know, someone famous actually once I told me that. So, exactly. Yes. So we've got, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. You guys hit Arches. Uh, we did. Hobnob yeah. with the with the Glitterati. At we we hung yeah. out over there, the Arches crew there. We saw our friends uh, Skinny and Scales from Nappy Roots sipping some beer there. We met some... Uh, the the ladies that run the bitch beer podcast. Can we say that on oh, the air? I think we can. That's okay. the name of their podcast, so I know they can at least say it there. But they, gotcha. uh, a couple of ladies that cover the ladies of craft beer. So we Sounds did good. that. Hung out, had a good time. Uh, nice event there. Cool space they've got kind of behind the brewery. It's like a, a courtyard that you'd never mm-hmm. know exists from the front of it. And you go out there, and there's picnic tables, and there's fire pits, and there's dart boards, and uh, beer. And there's beer. That's uh, so. that's a good trifecta. It's a so, good time. Yes, things to have. That's yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Brian, how about yourself? Yeah, so I was I was hanging out at Arches too, and that, that back area is awesome, especially when it's got food trucks serving like that's Cuban right. coffees no, and Cuban, Cuban sandwiches. sandwiches. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that yes. was nice. Yeah, uh, I really dug the uh, the Arches beer. That that dogwood best bitter at the end. I actually kind of want to just hang out and drink that for a while. I. I'm really into those bitters, you know, those, that was a, that the was ESB good. styles. What was the sour? I think it was called Southern Sour, maybe. I think so. I, I forget, think it was Southern Sour. But it was sour. a real mild sour, yeah. very drinkable, thirst quenching. Yeah. Quenching I also is good. snuck in a uh, Three Taverns Morning Smack and a Wrecking Bar Tampa Timeshare uh, Grapefruit Basil Goza, which I think I'm in the mood for Goza, so the weather must be changing. Right. That's definitely it. Or vice it. versa, whichever, Something, however yes. that works. Something. I'm not sure Are either. you controlling the weather by your consumption of Gozas? I kind of think so, yeah. All right, well, keep it going because I right. kind of like where it's been here lately. Exactly. Speaking of like, by the way, that's a transition in radio terms. We've got uh, some news to share we about do. our favorite state. We do. We do. That's right. Yes. So last weekend we had a segment we lovingly called Sucking Up to South Dakota. Yes. We are very proud to announce that our sucking up worked. And we had four, count them, four Woo-hoo. downloads listeners from South Dakota. So South Dakota, thanks for tuning in to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Absolutely. Drop us a line, beerguys at beerguysradio.com. And, uh, yeah, tell us what you like, what you like, and all that kind of good stuff and what's happening in the South Dakota beer scene. Let's go ahead and check out this week's Truck and Taps Beers of the Week. Crack open the cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, we're here at Classic City, Tim. I'm thinking a lot of Classic City beers. It is going to be uh, actually beers from everywhere, not just cla- not oh, just the Classic City. I'm I gotcha. actually drinking right now a uh, Pickle Rick. from uh, and you do it's that. a uh, Pickle Goza. So we're going to do that, and we're just going to get into all these. So a little change at the Classic City Brewfest this year, where they're going with a lot of cask ales. Mm-hmm. You know, Owen Ogletree, the organizer of the event, said there was a huge demand for cask ales, and they have changed the festival to accommodate people's desires. 
So we've got, I saw Dry County Brewing Company from uh, my neck of the woods over there in the Atlanta area. We've got Eagle Creek here. And uh, there's just a ton of cask beer. Yeah. They're all the beers of the week. That's it. That's all of them. There's several, several, several to do with. Well, we've got a lot of headlines to go for. Let's go ahead and check them out uh, this week in the headlines. What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, Brian, what's going on? All right. Well, I've got a, uh, quick, a couple of quick shout-outs i got to get out there. Uh, Brewers Association came up with their list of the 50 uh, fastest-growing breweries in the U.S., and uh, Gate City in Roswell, Georgia, got number 21 in that list. Okay. So that's, uh, that was uh, pretty good. Congratulations to that, guys. Uh, Idle Hounds in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, who was just on the show a couple weeks ago, got an astounding number four on that list. And there's a few other breweries listeners on our affiliates will want to keep an eye out for in their location. we got Draper Brewing in 10 Mile, Oregon, Lumberhouse Brewing in Maple Valley, Washington, Dragon's Gate in Milton Freewater, Oregon, and I've actually been by that brewery. Uh, Gnarly Barley Brewing in Hammond, Louisiana. And uh, the number 50 is not too far from us. Hutton and Smith Brewing in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So Cool. That's good congratulations stuff. to all those guys Absolutely. for what, they're, uh, what they've accomplished in yes. the past Pe- year. People will say the craft beer bubble is uh, kind of bursting or whatever, but uh, these guys are proving that uh, it's not happening. So growth yeah. is there. Little guys still growing, man, making right. good beer and growing. Absolutely. And so... Everyone's trying to predict where a craft beer is going, and last week we were talking about the, the big growth of light lagers and ales. This week I come about around a story about a beer that some are saying might be the killer of the hazy IPA trend. It's called an Extra Brute IPA, or, or a champagne, uh, hop champagne, I'm sorry, hop champagne, and it's building real momentum in California. It's being described as a pale, clear, highly carbonated, and ridiculously dry IPA, much like a champagne. Uh, but the, the process of making it is more than just kind of the common adding a little bit of corn sugar to it, enhance the dryness of an IPA. They're actually at, involving adding more of the active enzymes that already occur in the malt to break down more of the complex sugars into simple ones. So the yeast can in turn chew up more of those sugars and they leave behind fewer of the longer chain ones so there's less body, less sweetness, less body. You're, and you're looking at a, a beer that drinks like a session but packs the punch of an IPA. And it's, like I said, apparently it's really taking off in parts of California right now. I've seen a few places talking about doing stuff with uh, champagne yeast. And uh, I'm going to wait. I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of this, if it's, if it's going to be a flash in the pan or start a new trend. I'll be interested. That's interesting because they didn't really talk about the champagne yeast, but those extra enzymes to break, break it down, if you combine the two, you're kind of making a Did malt champagne. Did I misunderstand champagne. you? Yeah, you it was did. actually okay, enzymes. Okay, I thought you said champagne yeah, yeast. Yeah, it's okay. not, just, right. not just the yeast, but actual additional enzymes. So that's Besides, interesting. I have not seen that before. Interesting. Besides, okay. guys, we've already got the champagne of beers anyway, so I don't know why you'd want any more. Move over, Hopless IPA. We've got a professor from uh, Cornell Brewing that is making beer with dairy products, or dairy byproducts, excuse me. So a professor who's a former product. Uh, innovation manager at Miller Brewing is basically making alcoholic dairy beverages from whey. Okay. W-H-E-Y. Um, he found the right combination of time and temperature that allows lactose to break down into glucose and galactose, which of course yeast can eat and turn into carbonation and alcohol. So uh, he's been fairly successful with it. Uh, he's made a sour that's about 2.7%. It's a little bit similar to a goes. It's a uh, kind of salty and sour and he's also made something that's uh 
similar to a Mexican traditional drink made from agave sap called, I think, pulk, P-U-L-Q-U-E. So, uh, really, maybe pulque. I don't hablo very much Espanol. No, I hablo very little Espanol, Tim. So that was a very interesting one. This this is something that has technically been done in the past. Uh, The Vikings made a fermented dairy beverage that I'd never heard of until I read about this. And... uh, Actually, a, a, a company has made a vodka doing some sort of similar approach with dairy. So it's milk vodka. Is yeah, that right? apparently okay. yes. All apparently right. yes. Now we know. Also, in odd and innovative beer news, Rogue has released a kombucha beer fusion beverage. It's a six point nine percent ABV combo of the two beer and kombucha called Culture Clash. It should be on shelves right now where you're at. Uh, 750 ml. It will be available until June. It's a collaboration between Rogue and a kombucha brewer. The base style is an imperial blonde ale. Okay. And so they've described it as, I have not had it yet, but a bright citrus spices and obviously black tea from the kombucha. So I'm curious, have you guys seen any other hybrid fusion kombucha ale? There's one, and for the life of me, I can't remember it right now, but there is one that's actually been on shelves here in Georgia, but... So, yes, there is one that does a kombucha beer hybrid. I could, At least one. I couldn't think of it, but I figured that couldn't be. I'd like to see a kombucha and Flanders ale together. Interesting. That would be good. And, Brian, that's going to wrap it up for our news today. We need to take a break. We are in Athens, Georgia at Classic City Brewfest, and we'll be back soon to talk to Academia Brewing Company. Darren and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Aaron. See, they've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our back there victor now back to the beer guys radio show and welcome back to the beer guys radio show beerguysradio.com is our website of course we're on facebook twitter and if you miss part of the show or you just want to relive it because of course you do just head to itunes stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and you know what while you're there leave us a review it really is uh, as a big help for us tim so uh, hopefully you can do that and uh, you know what in the more more time we're here um, at Classic City Brewfest in Athens, Georgia. And this is our third year. Is it our Classic third? City okay. Brewfest. Very yes, cool. Very absolutely. cool. Well, Owen Ogletree and Brewtopia always picks up a good festival, so uh, always fun to be here. And we've already got uh, Academia Brewing. We do. We talked to them, I believe, last year. They're and still Tiny in Palooza yep. when you guys were uh, just getting started there. So, yeah, absolutely. But uh, welcome to the show, guys. We appreciate you joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. I appreciate it. So, in a little bit's changed for you, I take it, since we talked to you at Tiny Palooza. I think you guys were kind of a either guest or gypsy brewing at the time, getting some of your beer out, uh, Just had, had just got your building and kind of getting things started. So exactly. uh, what's happened over the last year? So, yeah, about a year ago at Tiny Palooza, we were um, you know, just starting off construction uh, and brewing with Southern Brewing Company. Brian Roth was a big help to help get our name out there. Right. Um, 
construction, as always, a lot of you know, hurdles popping up left and right, and uh, we made it through all that, and kind of, we were a month or so behind schedule, ended up opening on uh, October 13th, Friday the 13th. So. Okay, opened on Friday the 13th. Opened on Friday the 13th. Okay. And that's an important date to you guys. We'll talk about that more in a bit, but that's yep. an important date, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and then since then it's been wide open, you know, we've been, like, drinking from the end of a fire hose, I like to say. Just, uh, okay. Started distributing with Modern Hops in January and um, put some beer, trickling beer out around Atlanta, around Athens. Um, we're down in Augusta. We're um, moving toward Savannah and South Georgia next, I think. Good deal. Now, Matt, you took a pretty big uh, jump to start academia from a world in uh, global IT management. Yep, yep. So, and there's, uh, you know, word on the street in the beer world, or I guess common knowledge is you don't open a brewery to get rich, you know. Uh, it's a... Uh, so I'm assuming it was a passion, but what made you decide to take uh, to take that jump there? So, so a wise person was told me, if you want to make a small fortune in beer, start with a large Start with fortune. a big fortune, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I, we're following on that path. Um, honestly, I was, um, you know, I attended the very first ever Classic City Brew Fest back, I think it was in 96. Okay. Time frame, and um, I was, I think, a sophomore college at the time at UGA, and uh, kind of really opened my eyes to the world of flavor in your beer, you know? So back then I was looking more for quantity, not quality. The first one or two I went to, but it started growing, you know, definitely growing on me and um, kind of set the base for my love of craft beer for the last 20 some odd years, 26 years or so. Right. Um, and I, got, I graduated Georgia, took a you know, professional gig and traveled all around the world and found myself seeking out you know, good breweries, good beer, and um, just trying to, um, you know, better my understanding and constantly learning about the history of it and uh, all the different flavors and styles out there. About five years ago, I decided, you know, I think I'm crazy enough to try it now, you know. Right. So we uh, started really researching. I met Morgan about four years ago and um, started brewing together. We brewed many, many homebrew batches in about two, three-year time frame and um, ended up, uh, you know, looking at many, you know, 20, 30 different properties. It took a while to find our building. And so, yeah, we found it about a year and a half ago and opened up in October. Awesome. Yeah, because I think I followed some of your progress when you were, you were, you had a different name before Academia, right? Big Springs. Big Big Springs, that's right. So, you know, I kind of followed uh, what you guys were doing there with Big Springs and stuff. So I knew it had been in planning a a little while there. So now, Morgan, you've got an interesting story about uh, a trip to Germany, I think, for cars, right? So uh, what's that all about? Yeah, so my, the guy that I started brewing beer with about 10 years ago, Tyler, uh, we were both huge, we're both huge car guys. So we actually uh, went to Europe to visit his family who was living in Paris at the time to, to visit them. And it was a kind of an excuse to go uh, travel around Europe a little bit. So we went to Germany to drive the Nürburgring, which is one of the most world famous and dangerous right. racetrack. You can literally go buy a ticket, rent a car, and get on the track. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, so the closest place that a train would take us to uh, to that track was uh, Cold Germany. And I never heard of it before. We started looking it up and found that it was known for a good beer called Kolsch. Okay. So we went over there, uh, drank a, a lot of different Kolsches, and I just fell in love with the style. That's an interesting one to uh, to get you into the world of, you know, craft and that. Because Kolsch pretty mild beer. You know, it's very refreshing, though. That's, uh, but, you know, in Germany, I've heard uh, someone's like, well, what's the best beer to get in Germany? And I've heard that each place kind of has its own specialty. So you don't you don't go over and say, well, I'm looking for this or this. Just enjoy what the local flavor is, what's going on there. Yep, so. exactly. And that was it, and it's all, all history or uphill or downhill from there, depending on how you look at oh, it, yeah. right? Yeah, I started yeah. homebrewing a couple of years before that. I was introduced to craft beer a couple of years before that, but it's really acquired a passion for it after going over to, to Germany. Awesome, man. Now, you guys are in Athens, Georgia, the home of UGA, home of the Bulldogs and that. So 
Are there any special considerations that you had being at brewing in a college town? I think that was part of our business model. You know, we kind of like the idea of um, starting out in Athens, Georgia. You have an ever-evolving potential consumer base that you know comes up on your beer as you get into the their upper upperclassmen and um, start experiencing good beer. And you know, the, uh, the pioneers of Athens, uh, the Terrapins, the Creature, and Southern, they've um, they've all set a good baseline for producing um, pretty good beer. And I think it's important to get them while they're young, so they move off to Atlanta, take these professional gigs, and. Um, you're going to experience beer all over, but then they see your beer on a, on a bar somewhere in Midtown or down on the coast. And it brings them back to the... Yeah, it brings them back, brings back that, that memory or nostalgia of their college days. So that's kind of what our plan was. To, you know, I think it, it's just an added benefit of doing business in college town, a big college town like Athens. Sure. We are actually here at Classic City Brewfest, like we said, in uh, Athens, Georgia. It's been Athens Beer Week, um, and you guys are very, very... Uh, I'm proud of you guys because you attended every single one of the Athens Beer Week events. Is that correct? I think so. I think one of our representatives were at just about every one. Do you remember any of the events after a while? Yeah, they do kind of blur together gotcha. after, by the end of the Sunday, you know. But, um, yeah, they, they, we had some pretty good experiences. Uh, Chops and Ops kicked it off Monday night. We did a tap takeover there. Uh, we did a little beer dinner at our place on Tuesday. Uh, Hilo did we did a really phenomenal tap takeover there on uh, Thursday. And uh, you know, so we had a special release yesterday and Friday the 13th again. And um, there's been other events going on all over town that uh, one of our reps have been at. You had something going every single night of every single day of the week, right? Yeah, just yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I think Wednesday was a little. We have a prime rib night, so we didn't do anything too special Wednesday. Prime rib night is already special. Yeah, exactly. It's it's special. Brian is a huge prime rib fan, so I am very if there's prime rib and beer, he's yeah. he's in. I'm surprised you didn't drive over for that. Actually. Considered it. Yes. And, and that's one thing to mention. Our, our chef at Academia, Nate Nate Eve, he's really, and all the guys in the kitchen doing a phenomenal job. Really. That was one of the biggest challenges. Opening a brewery is challenging enough, but we had a whole kitchen to it and a full-service menu restaurant. There's a lot to it, a lot more than most people think, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Nate's done a great job learning the craft beer side of things and doing the pairing, you know. That's something we hear from a lot of people that, that want to brew, that they want to they want to brew, but they don't want a restaurant. And, you know, with the we talk about the new laws all the time here in Georgia, but under the old laws, you were really limited as a production brewery with what you could do. But being a brew pub allowed you to serve on site. So that was a big difference. And a lot of people are like, man, I want to serve on site, and I want to do that. I just don't uh, I don't want to have a restaurant. So it was something that discouraged a lot of people at the time from doing it because it is a different world there, you know, a totally different ballgame when you, when you have a kitchen and all of that. So, so I'm curious. When, when we talked to you last year, you were talking about your, your space gave you a lot of options for growth. And you were saying you didn't know which would grow faster, the, the food service or the, the beer service or the beer portion, the brewing portion, which has grown faster since, since you've been open? I mean, I, I mean the, the food is really, uh, the, the food side of it just adds another layer to uh, attract people that aren't, aren't necessarily craft-centered people, and so we, we're converting craft beer versions every every day at Academia. We get people in there that are traditional lager, American uh, lager drinkers, not even beer drinkers, and we find something for them, most of them. Um, as far as which is growing faster, I think the, the restaurant side is, we're hitting all of our numbers where we want it to be. Um, you know, the beer is taking a you know, distribution side of things. You know, modern hops, we decided to take a slower approach uh, at the end of the day to try to do it right. So I think they're both growing pretty equally, um, about the same, and, and, uh, at the level we hope they would. Guys, we need to take a quick break. Aaron's got a little info to share with us first, though. Absolutely. If you're looking to open a brewery or a brew pub in the Atlanta area, then take a look at the park at Georgetown. 
This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants along with a craft brewery located within the new JW Homes Luxury Development Dunwoody Green. Located less than half a mile from 285, the enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Whether meeting old friends or making new ones, the park at Georgetown will be the place to share a great meal and to build lasting memories. If you're planning to opening a brewery, if you're planning on opening a brewery or brew prep, the park at Georgetown may be your new home. Crim and Associates, the developer of the park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Stephen St. Paul at 404-256-2960, extension 5. That's Stephen St. Paul, 404-256-2960, extension 5. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Academia Brewing. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com. We are here live at Classic City Brewfest in Athens, Georgia. We are talking craft beer with the crew from Academia Brew Pub in, in Athens, Georgia as well. But first, you know, Tim, sometimes we uh, like to take a little diversion down to the world of cigars. We have some diversions, yes. Exactly. Absolutely. And so uh, Brian Hewitt, our our uh, intrepid reporter, is a cigar guy. So let's talk a little cigars, Brian. What do you got? I live in that land of cigars. So, yes, the one of the cigars I reviewed recently on Stogie Review is the Macanudo Inspirado Red. And you're going to say, whoa, Macanudo, isn't that the, the light one that all the newbies smoke? Well, yes, but they've come out with an entire line of Inspirado uh, cigars that they've upped the game on it. So this one is a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapped cigar with Nicaraguan uh, Jalapa binder and a lot of really well-aged filler tobacco. We got a 12-year-old uh, Nicaraguan Ometepe, a 10-year-old Honduran Hamastron, and a 5-year-old Nicaraguan Esteli. And it's a it's a really reasonably priced cigar. It's about six dollars and fifty cents. Uh, suggested retail and uh what's really interesting about this is that ometepe is from a volcanic island in in uh in nicaragua it's uh they used to have the exclusive on it at general cigar and uh they usually get most of it it's it's a really nice really nice smoke a lot of uh coffee earth caramel roasted nuts pepper and sweetness it's really it's really worth checking out you definitely should give it a shot what's the beer that you'd pair with that one you know, I uh, I'm gonna default to you know the first thing that keeps coming to mind with, to me is Whirling Dervish. I I'm really fixated on Whirling Dervish. Little and, coffee, yeah, uh, or uh, like dry that, stout, dry coffee stout. Yeah, or okay. like that Major Horton's export stout from Jekyll. Like I'm kind of fixated on that style of coffee with cigars lately. Yeah, Actually, so if you're looking for basically a style, it would be a kind of a lighter uh, yeah. stout type of a thing. For that. Yeah, okay, coffee great. influence is a good idea too. Sounds yeah. good, Brian. Appreciate it. And I would like to give a shout out to our newest radio affiliate. Real Talk 93.3 FM, that is WVFT in Tallahassee, Florida. So please check the station for time and listings. Are we allowed to say Go Gators here in Athens? 
I don't think. Actually, I think, no. I think, I, think, I think Tallahassee's uh, Seminoles, isn't it? Oh, that is a Seminoles. Yeah, yes. you're not allowed to say Gator anyway. But yeah, no, either so, way, he's out with yeah, the Gators we're throwing here. Them I'm out. just yeah, yeah Seminoles exactly. Are right. There you go. That'll work. That'll ACC territory. Hey, we're back with the uh, guys from Academia. We are going to uh, talk a little bit more about your beer, actually. So uh, you recently brewed a collaboration with a couple of different breweries, one here in uh, in the Atlanta metro area with Cherry Street and another one with Peekskill Brewery in Westchester, New York. So uh, can you tell us how th- those came about and uh, what you guys did with those? Yeah, the Peekskill one, I've uh, been talking to Amit, their uh, head brewer, uh, just back and forth on the phone a little bit. Uh, we started working on a recipe and uh, decided we wanted to use some ingredients neither one of us had ever used before, some techniques neither one of us had ever used before. And uh, see how the beer turned out fantastic. It's a really nice, uh, hazy Imperial IPA, really good. Awesome, guys. So we apologize if we're a little distracted here. We have a band playing at this event. And there's plenty of feedback that they're sharing with us. Yes, it's quite a joyous thing. That we're trying to make it through. We're going to push through, though. Exactly. We're going to push through. So, Yeah, awesome. Now, we want to talk about a beer. And, Brian, how do you say this one, Brian? Parasceva decatriophobia. That's why I'm saying it. Did he nail it? Did he get that there? Yeah, yeah, I know. I think there's a couple alternative pronunciations. Okay, sure. Yeah, wordless, I figured. So uh, what is that beer and that word all about? So that word, paraskevidecatriophobia, is the, I guess, clinical name to come up to, to name the condition of someone who's afraid of Friday the 13th, so a fear okay. of Friday the 13th. And when we were looking to open, we originally planned to open on uh, October 16th, and we looked at the calendar and said, who the heck would open a brewery on Friday the 13th? Let's do it. And so we uh, decided to, you know, it was early enough to really get, try to get a recipe together and we brewed a double you know um, an imperial style a 13% imperial style um, condor chocolate cocoa nibs in it and uh, it came out I think really well and so we, we figured you know Friday the 13th happened one to three times every year why not open on that day come up with a big beer and then we can make that beer every Friday the 13th and not kind of celebrate a little bit of a anniversary you know so so you, none of you guys suffer from para skiva Paraskiva decatriophobia. I'm glad you said that on me too. (laughs) Yes. I'm not afraid. All right. In the name of our cask, actually, our cask today, we have uh, the Paraskiva decatriophobia beer. We put it in a cask. We added some Palo Santo wood, um, some cocoa nibs, some additional cocoa nibs, and um, some chipotle peppers. And the name of the cask is Don't Be So Freaking Afraid. Don't. Don't be scared. I ain't scared. I, ain't I wasn't scared. scared. I went right over and tried it right Absolutely. before we uh, talked to you. Yeah, so the fur can be in the fur can pass. Yeah, the fur and that's And we just passed another Friday the 13th, which I guess is why we have this beer. Yeah. See, I was going to ask if you guys had to shut down. I didn't know the story about opening on Friday the 13th. So rather than shutting down, that's a day of celebration when yeah. it comes around, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah we're not scared one. of 13. Yeah, there's another one coming up in July. So, yeah, we'll have another release. And down the road, we'll have some of these. We'll bottle them up and have a kind of... So if if I could ask really quick, the the Palo Santo wood, that's a pretty intense woody flavor. Is that something you've been playing with for a while, or is that something you're just experimenting with and yeah. now for this uh, cask? Or? Yeah, well, I've been a huge fan of uh, Dogfish Head Palo Santo Marone beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I guess a couple of years ago at the homebrew level, uh, we bought a whole bunch of Palo Santo wood chips, and I put I, I made a clone of that beer, a big, uh, big huge, dark brown, imperial brown ale. It came out really good. Uh, we also put it in our, uh, we have a really late, um, we were calling it Cage for Cookie at the time. It's, an, it's a late. Galaxius now. Yeah, Galaxius is the name now. It's, a, it's an um, English porter. 
and it, it gives it a real a lot of Christmassy notes, uh, gingerbread. Um, okay. So we called it a Christmas cookie at the time. I like it. So now, um, your kegs went into distribution in January of this year. We mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show with uh, the crew from Modern Hops. Um, do you guys have uh, some more plans in place to maybe keg or, bo- or bottle your beers or maybe put them in distro that way? We, we, we definitely do some bomber bottles uh, for release at the brew pub, and, and we may do some limited distribution on those depending on the volume we're able to do. But we're, we're, we're looking at doing a, a couple of mobile canning runs. Hopefully this summer we'll start that and try to do it two or three by the end of the year to prove out the concept on our the model on our, our canning distribution and uh, make way to see if we need a canning line next year or what our plans would be. Okay, good deal. Well, we're talking to the crew from uh, Academia Brewing in Athens, Georgia. And, uh, you know, over the past few months, we've also seen you holding a number of percentage night events. What exactly is a percentage night? Uh, tell us more about that. Well, we, we do that to help uh, in a local charity or a local organization in town try to raise some money to you know, help their cause. So typically we, um, we agree to a percentage of the amount of um, sales for that evening, and, and, then, and they usually help hype it up, and they typically bring a lot of people from their organization or people that follow them or that are looking to help them grow as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to help give back and help grow, get our name out there as well. Now, the, the last time I visited uh, your brew pub, I know you had just just started your barrel aging program. So that's that's been a little while ago. How's that coming along? We probably have about 50 or 60 barrels, um, maybe about 25 or so bourbon and the rest uh, wine barrels. So we have a, a tart bread saison that we, we, put, we put that beer in barrels back in uh, September, at least September, early October, right before we opened. Uh, so that's going to take a little longer for that Brett to chew up and uh, get, get the flavor profile we're looking up for. Probably, I'm thinking at least 10, 12 months in the barrel for that sure. beer. Um, some of the bourbon barrel aged stuff, we got some, um, some small format barrels from Zach Brown Distillery and um, ASW. And okay. some of that we've already been able to pull it in and we've released some of that already. So is the Zach Brown Distillery, you mentioned that, are they, so they have uh, spirits out in the market now, so... I don't know if they're distributing yet. They, they opened okay. up, a, I think they're up in Dillard, North, um, Dillard, Georgia, North Georgia somewhere. And um, my understanding is Zach Brown came along and wanted to put his you know, own right. distillery and helped them out and bought them. And uh, so we, we were able to get some um, barrels from them and put our Noctuist out in there. That's what I've reached out to his people to see if we can get him on to talk about it, but we yeah. haven't heard anything about So I'd like to talk about him about some, some whiskey there. So. Exactly. And we're going to take a quick break right now. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And, of course, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other podcasting apps. If you find us, leave us a review. It really helps people to find us. We are here at the Classic City Beer Fest in Athens, Georgia, wrapping up with Academia Brewing. Academia Brewing Coming up next, we'll be right back. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Thank you. 
the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I believe you have my stapler. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys radio show. Visit us online at beerguysradio.com. We are in Athens, Georgia today at the Classic City Brew Fest. We're talking to Academia Brewing Company. Guys, thanks again for uh, joining us today. We appreciate it. So, Now, Classic City Brew Fest, this event is, we're in what, the 22nd or 23rd year here? I want to say it was like 20, uh, probably on the thing here. I want to say like 25, 23rd, yeah. 23rd. So how has this changed? Because you mentioned like 96 you were here for yeah. this one, right? Uh, how's this event changed over the years? Uh, I guess the first few years we did at the Classic Center, Owen had it over there. And um, like I said, he was a big inspiration, Owen Ogletree. Just you could see the passion for beer. And I was so young seeing someone that had, had such a love for something. I said, there's got to be something to this, you know. But back then, I think more, more people than not were there for the volume rather than the quality of the beer. <laughs> and it got to be a little bit of a... Um, uh, a show. A show. A show. Yeah. A show. There you go. A yeah. show. That's kind of shows you don't want to mention on the radio. I know what you're talking about. That's yeah. A, so that, I think by the third one, I think he told me that it was it was getting out of hand. You know, I think it was 3,000 people back then. Right. So so then I think he partnered up with the graduate and moved the venue over there. I think he was going to stop doing them all together. And they talked him into doing them again. And, um, so I think it, it lasted for quite a long time with the graduate. And I think I think uh, beer festival in general have kind of, there's so many of them now. I remember when the Classic City Brew Fest used to sell out in December. You had to get your ticket, not yeah. you know, five, six years ago. You had to get your ticket in December. And I, I guess there's so many now, so many beers out there that um, I think he only did sell this one out a few days ago. But uh, I think he's shortening the, you know, lowering the number of attendees and, and focusing more on quality than quantity, I think, is really helped this one become special. I think. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. And we're in the uh, what's called festival season, and you know, and there seems to be a festival or actually multiple festivals pretty much every weekend, you know, but uh, you know, here in Georgia and really across the country, you get ones that uh, are for the quantity, but you also get ones like these are for the quality, so um, we're getting a lot more uh, variety and choices now than uh, what we had maybe even three or four years ago. Yeah. And it gets people, they wait to the last minute because they want to see what else comes up, but like I said, this one's sold out, but then you see online, hey, does anybody have three tickets oh, yeah. Yeah. that I can get for Classic City Brew Fest? So. My phone was blown up last two days. Yeah, people looking to buy tickets, tickets right? So, uh, so. And I, the biggest change this year is uh, much, much, much more focus on Cascales, yep. which uh, Owen also, Owen and Brutopia Events do the Atlanta Cascale tasting, which has been going on for many years. And I think Owen has kind of... Uh, got people wanting that and he said he had got back feedback from a lot of people with classic city that they spent all their time in the cascale tent so this year we've got uh, a new venue a lot more cascales a few draft or or non-cast beers here but a uh, little change evolving with the times yeah, yeah. you know well, so. i think the, the new venue here too at epton catering uh, this event the cotton press in Athens is really pretty unique it's got a lot of natural character and um the room size seems pretty perfect for the amount of people. I think there's 500, some odd, maybe 600 people here. Yeah, it's busy, but it's not slammed, it doesn't look like yeah. so. Yeah. And the, the lights change color, too, yeah, yeah, as they kinda, keep rotating around. So psychedelic. That's, that's yeah. interesting. That'll be that's interesting in a couple hours when you make your way through all Yeah, these exactly. They know what idea where they're going. Now, Brian, you want to talk to these guys a little bit more about some of their collaborations, right? I, I do, yeah. I've noticed you. So you've done a bunch of them, and uh, 
One of the things that I thought was really interesting is you guys kind of got your start with a collaboration at Southern Brewing Company, but you you kind of passed you kind of passed that favor along. You kind of played it forward a little bit with a, with a new brewery that's opening up in Georgia, didn't you? I w- yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So the guys from um, Authentic Brewing, um, you know, they, they won the homebrew competition last year, Athens homebrew uh-huh. competition with um, a Rogan beer, which is an interesting style to win a homebrew competition right. with, you know. Yeah. And part of that, part of the prize for winning that was they got to come brew a beer with us um, on our once we opened. So we, we brewed it. I let Morgan tell you a little bit about how that beer, the, the, the wonders it did to our brewing system, that the heavy rye bill had in there. It was a pain. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. That was an easy, smart, quick, yeah. and concise yeah. description of what went down there. So. A lot of stuck mashes. So what made that a pain? The sticky mash? Yeah. Okay. yeah. No so rice yeah. holes in that one? All the rice we, holes we in that one? We use a lot of rice holes. And just, it's a 40, I think 45% of the grain bill is rye. Okay. So, it, yeah, not a whole lot of husk in there at all. And it's stuck really bad multiple times. Oh, boy. We, we powered through it, though. We, we made, it, made it work, and it came out, it came out fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, so been, like, like, you, like you said, um, you know, Brian Roth and Southern, those guys are great, helping us you know, learn learn how to brew on a bigger scale production system and um, learning how to clean kegs and everything from, you know, from top to bottom. So we, we kind of want to help others. I'm a firm believer the more the merrier, to some extent, you know, hoping everybody can make good quality beer in Athens and hope we can keep that level up. The, the guys before us have definitely set the benchmark pretty high. We actually have a collaboration that we did with uh, Reddit ATL Beer with Southern that's in a barrel over there now, but we did a uh, Saison, yeah. a barrel-aged Saison that we're going to put peaches and apricots in there. So that's working. I need to follow up on that. Yeah, that I'm really looking forward to it. That's been a while ago. Was it, is that a year at this point? It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. It should be ready for some fruit and bottles soon, though. Yes, so, yes, yeah. indeed. Well, one of the things about the collaboration, that's one of the things that really drew um, us to this industry, I think. I mean... I think uh, Chris Herring once said it in an interview I read it, he put out there where you know big beer operates in a, an environment of competition where craft beer has been beaten down for so long. They, they operate, operate in an environment of collaboration. And that's something that's so refreshing. It's really nice to, to get the guys from New York came down for Peekskill and I mean the brewer and it showed us some different techniques. They've been making beer over there for years up in uh, Peekskill, New York. And uh, you know, they, they were on the forefront of some of these uh, juicy IPA craze up there. So he showed us a couple of new techniques. Um, we also did a collaboration with Nick Tanner over at Cherry Street, and everybody knows he does some phenomenal beer in Georgia for years now. And uh, we have a really nice uh, lemon drop dry hop saison that we collaborated with him on. We're pouring that here today. We're pouring that all three good. of those. Today. My kind yeah. of beer. Well, very cool. Now, um, again, you know, you talk about uh, doing collaborations. It's great because not only you get to kind of put your best minds together and make a great beer, but again, you said you can get a lot of techniques and a lot of knowledge, and it's almost like a like a class sometimes uh, yeah. for you guys when you're brewing the beers. Yeah, and even some of the guys at Brown Longer, they, they come in and they see our system. We got a newer system. It's got a few bells and whistles to it, but it gives them some ideas about possibly future growth equipment they may be looking at, or you know, the way we just built our you know, just the layout of the brewery. So, all kinds of sharing of information is great. It's a lot of fun to hang out with guys and brew beer, anyhow. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Get that's your true. Over there, because that's one thing that I've heard from a lot of brewers. Uh, we were talking to Lauren at Variant Brewing Company in Roswell the other day, and she said, "Now that we have a brewery, we don't get out to breweries as much anymore." Yeah. So, you know, collaborations are a way you can check out another brewery or meet another brewer and talk about beer more. Because I think a lot of the times, like you see, there's a ton of brewers at the festival today because yeah. this is when you get to talk to all those guys normally you're all working your brewery making your beer there exactly, so yeah. uh, you know collaboration is the way you get to see folks and 
maybe talk and try about some beers you, you just don't get a chance to get out to most of the time. So, And it's, it's fun, you know, that everybody, you talk about the collaborative spirit kind of a craft beer, and we've seen that, uh, you know, there's a friendly competition there. Yeah. Everybody wants to you know, everybody wants to be number one, of course. You, yeah. you want your beer to sell well and be popular in that. But it's not, uh, it's not like corporate America. You, know, no, you can no. work together and have fun and, and help each other out, you know. I know brewers that have uh, shared yeast or hops or what have you with each other. Yeah. So. Very cool. Academia, uh, Matt Casey, Morgan Wireman. Anything else we missed? How do we, uh, folks uh, keep in touch with you guys? Follow us on social media at Academia BC. Our website, we have a great marketing coordinator, Dallas Duncan. She's the brains behind a lot of the quirky and, and uh, intelligent posts you see out there. So we can't take any credit for that. She's amazing and um, she does a good job with our social media, I think. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, now uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about Sweetwater. Well, Brian, we've been talking for a few weeks now about the Woodland Circle membership, and today we're going to give one away. The Woolen Circle is Sweetwater's exclusive beer club, and it offers members unique wild and barrel-aged bottle offerings, as well as some other cool perks. And the beers they've released in the first series have been awesome. I really enjoyed release number one, the bourbon, cognac, tangerine, vanilla, lactose, stout. The flavors were subtle, but I especially enjoyed the interplay of cognac and citrus elements. I also really enjoyed release number four, the Goza aged in Añejo tequila barrels. I'm cautious when it comes to beers aged in tequila barrels, but it really pulled it off. Uh, the lighter tequila notes really complemented the base Goza. That was a good one. You know, I was kind of skeptical on that release number one because that huge combination of flavors, but it came together extremely well. That was part of what they call the Chattahoochee series. Now that's about to complete, but memberships are open now for series two, which has been dubbed the Gunnison series as voted on by Woodland Circle members. And those will start releasing their beers in the summer. Memberships are available for just $149 at sweetwaterbrew.com slash club. Now, Brian, who's our lucky winner? And thanks again, everyone who entered. And congratulations to Pavel Dunn on winning the membership to the Woodland Circle Beer Club. Remember, you can sign up for the club now and get in on some amazing beers coming this summer in the Gunnison Series at sweetwaterbrew.com slash club. And that's going to do it for the Beer Guys radio show for this week. Don't forget to tune into Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Coming up next week, we are going to be talking Belgian beers with Craig Torres of Hop City. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mayo. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang.